calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to another Take 15 episode. Today's topic is ethics. I'm here with my colleagues Chuck Champion and Dan LaRocco. Dan and I will be interviewing Chuck on the topic of ethical dilemmas. Uh, Chuck was managing director at uh, General Motors and was working there for 37 years, and I'm sure you've seen a few ethical dilemmas in your time, Chuck. Let's take a hypothetical situation where a uh, uh, an investment firm uh, uses a brokerage firm to uh, to get to, uh, to transact for their client accounts, and they also get research from that firm. Uh, they generate competitive commissions to the firm. Uh, XY, this brokerage firm is holding an industry conference where they're going to invite 12 companies of various uh, industry sectors. Uh, they're going to do it at a, at a very nice uh, remote uh, resort lodge. And they've offered to pay uh, all expenses of, to, of attendance for the uh, uh, management company's personnel to go out there. So that's the, that's the situation. Uh, what are some, you know, what are the ethical problems here? Uh, well, you can apply things like, well, isn't there a conflict between the brokerage manager paying uh, those that they're getting commissions for to go to a nice place and, you know, enjoy, uh, you know, resort amenities and, uh, or even in just bringing, paying for their travel and transportation? How does that put the objectivity of the asset management firm's client when they go out and have to select a broker to uh, to generate the best commissions for their clients? Uh, so most companies will have a code of ethics where they define that you will not take payments from you know others you know for like like uh, service providers. Uh, so I will not attend a conference. Right. Then. So you might say, well, that that fixes it. But in this case, there's some value here. There, there's probably going to be good research coming out of being able to meet directly with the managements of these 12 companies and get the research. So the ethical dilemma is how do you arrange it so you don't throw out the baby, the, the good research, from the bathwater, the environment, and the offer to pay? So you're talking about managing a conflict of interest rather right. than avoiding it. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of the ways is that, yes, we'd love to attend your conference. We'll pay our way. We'll pay for the hotel. Uh, you know, you're going to provide meals while we're there. Well, that's certainly reasonable. Uh, and you're inviting more than us as a client so that it's not just directly generated to us. Uh, and you can sort of calm the waters of ethical turmoil by 
the way that you approach the dilemma of wanting to maintain your objectivity with a service provider and still get the value for the client of the research that you think that they can provide. Chuck, have you seen a marked change uh, in the attitudes of money managers uh, with respect to uh, something like this over time? Uh, I think that there's much more sensitivity to it. I mean, the, the, the topic, particularly of soft dollars, keeps sort of reemerging. Uh, you know, every five years or so, the SEC does a sweep and they find out whether people are doing, you know, what kinds of practices people are doing in terms of, of research uh, that's provided. Generally, those sweeps have shown that there's very little uh, uh, unethical and, and uh, or illegal behavior going on, uh, and all of the, the things that they do generate tend to come in this sort of gray area of what was what they how far they went to either side of the uh, the line that might be drawn. Uh, but I think, other than the sensitivity, I think that the Principally, the, the asset management firms are trying to behave ethically. Mm -hmm. uh, it comes down to the ability of, of, uh, of them to experience what some of the, uh, the dilemmas might be and you know, sort of choose correctly. Mm -hmm. And again, even there, I'm not sure that any kind of situational training will really get to the core of somebody that... Uh, to, to provide the ethical compass in an individual's behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's why we still need to have codes of conduct mm -hmm. and regulation mm -hmm. to be able to define the line where if people cross it, they mm -hmm. can get disciplined. Mm -hmm. But there would have been nothing illegal about uh, an asset manager sending uh, customer or sending their own employees to uh, a gathering sponsored by the broker. Is that the case? Uh, for the most part, yes, there would be nothing illegal about sending them, depending on the extent of the expense that the broker extended mm -hmm. to have that, that manager there and the, uh, the specificity of targeting them, you might run afoul of some of the SEC's regulations, okay. either the broker would or the asset manager would. So but the, uh, but the aspect of, of mm -hmm. having a, a client conference in a nice place uh, to bring together, you know, mm -hmm. research and, and clients uh, mm -hmm. is not against the law. In fact, it probably is a, a good service that could be provided. In terms of the uh, amount of money spent, can we change the topic a little bit into sure. gift giving? Mm -hmm. it, are we there just choosing the size of the gift and that's the end of the story, or is there well, some kind of dilemma there? The, uh, I'm glad you said gift giving because uh, in, in thinking about this hypothetical, what I would try to get at is that most codes of conduct, when they address the aspect of gifts, are dealing with what the recipient has to do. Mm -hmm. In other words, you will not take a gift of more than nominal value, or if it's okay, if it's less than a certain dollar amount, it should have the logo of the company on it, so it's not... Uh, maybe you sh it shouldn't include things like alcohol and, and right. lavish food stuffs and things like that, and it all extends out. Uh, I was trying. I would try to get at the aspect of: is there an ethical obligation on the part of the 
entity, the investment manager, the broker to the investment manager, uh, to not give, you know, not be uh, violate or press the issue with their client in terms of violating some ethical principle in gift giving. Mm-hmm. You know, should they instead of sending the wine and cheese basket to the CEO of the mm-hmm. plan sponsor? Uh, should they maybe send a card and say that uh, our firm on behalf of you and our other clients has contributed to XYZ charitable endeavor in recognition of our relationship and the, and the particular season that you're trying to honor? Uh, so that's, that's the, you know, the question is, that are, there, are there ethical obligations on the part of those that would give gifts to not cast in the front of the client the uh, the temptation to to cross an ethical line. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example of being on the right and the wrong side of the ethical line in gift giving? Uh, the Well, I would say that uh, for the most part when we have a, if one is a uh, uh, a potential service provider to a plan sponsor, let's say, and I know this from my own experience, so I can speak to that a little bit. Uh, we would tend to almost say that any kind of gift receipt was sort of like a uh, potential facilitating payment, even if it was nominal. Uh, we were much freer when with the aspect of you know still operating within a certain gift receipt. Uh, code of conduct with somebody that was already a service provider because it became okay. a part of the relationship building and as long okay. as it wasn't in excess mm-hmm. uh, you know they weren't necessarily they were trying to maintain the relationship but you know receiving a coffee mug or a uh, the ubiquitous uh, bucket of popcorn for the staff mm-hmm. at holiday time uh, was clearly not going to be something that swayed anybody's opinion uh, and maybe just had the positive idea that we're all on the same side of the table. So swaying an opinion is is one of your principles then? Well, I think as you're trying to set your ethical compass, uh, what are the reasons that uh, you know I would be giving, or what are the reasons that they might be giving this to me for my receipt? Mm-hmm. And if I think that it's a, the possibility that it could be perceived even mm-hmm. as a bribe, Mm -hmm. to use a very blunt word, then I should avoid doing it, whether I'm the giver or the receiver. Chuck, how about situations where we're dealing with foreign countries and different standards of doing business? How would you respond in situations like that where even if the intent wasn't to bribe, clearly it would be considered excessive by Western standards. Well, I we we had to deal with that in a, in a number of cases. We would we would host uh, you know delegations from foreign countries that what maybe government oriented or educational or regulatory group oriented to discuss things with us like uh, you know like pension fund construction or things like that. And invariably, the the group would bring gifts that might be considered lavish or I've, mm-hmm. I've been over in uh, 
you know, and spoken, you know, in, in some countries, and they give you a rather, you know, uh, lavish uh, gift for doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking, you know, hundreds of dollars, not, not mm -hmm. thousands of dollars, but hundreds of dollars, mm -hmm. something that if it was just a prospective client, you wouldn't accept. Right. Uh, I think you have to, you know, one of the ways of dealing with it is that if you're doing it as a representative of your firm and the other organization gives you this gift, that you don't literally take it personally, mm -hmm. but that you allow that gift to remain within the firm for really nobody's use other than the fact that you showed your appreciation from the, from the giving institution who wouldn't understand this aspect of, well, this is just ingratitude. You know, we're not trying to accomplish anything. Uh, but it would take away this tint and premator that uh, somehow or other the individual or really the firm had benefited because they, they took that little piece of sculpture and put it on their, mm -hmm. in their trophy case mm -hmm. rather than somebody taking it home and, and decorating their living room with it. Mm -hmm. Now, another topic is the area of proxy voting. Mm -hmm. In your experience, have you seen some issues there? Well, I think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's difficult. Let's, you know, you, basically here we're talking about uh, uh, issues uh, with investment managers. Uh, the, the one principle that's there when you get to proxy voting to, to help you guide you in your ethical determinations is that the idea that the proxy vote belongs to the owner of the securities, which is not you as the investment advisor, but it's the ultimate beneficiary, the plan sponsor of the plan uh, that's there. Uh, you might set up a, a hypothetical of that you are an investment manager and you have a client, uh, let's say like a General Motors, and you hold that client's publicly traded stock, GM stock, in your portfolio for both that client as well as all of your clients. So it's not a matter that you're holding it because they would like you to be there, but they, it's a good investment decision. And then there's an issue that comes up where clearly it's uh, uh, the management has a different view than might be the case for the share owner. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, so the, the dilemma here to you, and it's a real dilemma, is that that client owns the proxy voting right for those shares. Uh, so, and they're coming in and talking to you about their position and their case for why you should vote the shares in their, in the favor of management and the company. Uh, and the question is, what should you do? Uh, what, not only for their account, but what about your other accounts? And uh, in some ways, you know, sometimes ethical dilemmas are helped by having policies and procedures and, and if you will, your own self-regulation mm -hmm. about what's going to happen. So most firms have dealt with this by uh, by having, and this is in accordance uh, uh, with what we've set out in the uh, in the corporate governance manual that was created in 2005 by the CFA Center for Financial Market Integrity, uh, that uh, you know every investment firm ought to have a policy and procedure on proxy voting. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. uh, and actually every plan sponsor and client, you know, if they're institutional and can do this, uh, should have some sort of a requirement to, that a manager have such a policy and procedure. Mm -hmm. And part of that would be that a delineation of how you would vote on certain contentious issues mm -hmm. if those come up. In this instance, whatever that contentious issue was, if your policy said we vote against, uh, you know, that, their uh, golden parachutes, mm -hmm. let's say, right. uh, to use a term that hopefully will not be too much jargon, uh, that uh, you say to, and, and I wouldn't want to attach General Motors to that because they've never done anything like that in terms of their, uh, their corporate governance practices. But uh, you, you might say, well, we vote against, as a share owner, corporate uh, golden parachutes because they unjustly enrich management and don't bear you know, proper risk-taking mode for management to, to operate under in the best interest of shareholders. And you show that to the client whose stock you own and says, this is the way we have to vote. That's it. our policy. That's our policy. Uh, and we own it to... Now, if the client then says, well... That might be fine for all of those, but we want our own shares voted. Mm -hmm. I guess you could turn over to them and say, well, those are your shares. You own them. Right. So go ahead and uh, vote them the way you want. Or you could stand your ground and say that, uh, and this is, again, a dilemma that you the have policy. to decide upon, that, uh, you know, proxy voting is an integral part. This is another principle of the investment decision-making process. Mm -hmm. It goes from the point that you decided to be an owner of the company to your obligations as an owner to make sure that shareholders like you mm -hmm. are properly treated and that uh, you're, you've taken on that responsibility for the client. And so even in this situation, you ought to be able to vote those shares in accordance with the policy that you've set down. Well, Chuck, thank you very much, um, and thank you for participating in another of our Take 15 episodes. I think it's very appropriate to finish on the note that uh, it's always what's in the best interest of the shareholders. Copyright 2008, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.